real nerds. I am Ryan to my right. James. And Shauna. And Aaron. and to my left. I'm last today? Well, you're last because when you do your <laughs> you always hands, start with me. When you when you do your hand signal sometimes you're kind of a dick. No. You, you, well, you, you sit there whoa. all impatient, all put out. Like, why isn't anybody paying attention to my hand signals? Maybe if you flip me off, I'd pay attention to you. All right. If you want me to flip you off. Maybe I do. Maybe if that's I, the only way you respond to Maybe I only direction. respond to fuck. <laughs> Is that how your parents taught you yep. to respond? Yeah. You off? Like, hey, you little fucker. Get over here. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Brad. I was just picking on Brad because it's fun. Hey, we saw Hugo this actually, week. It's really fun. And uh, we'll talk about that later. But first, real news. <laughs> It's real news. I have to start on a kind of a downer on real news because I am a big fan of the movie Jaws. And I think one of the staples of the Universal Studios tour is the Jaws ride in Orlando or the one in L.A. Absolutely. And that ride is one of the... It's iconic. It is. very like, iconic. Like that ride itself is iconic... In a different way than even being connected to the movie. Like, that ride yeah. is a symbol of Universal Studios. And, and, and movie rides in general. Exactly. So, today on their... Or, maybe... It was today. On their Facebook page, or Universal Studios Orlando's Facebook page, they released that after 20 years um, of being terrified by the Jaws ride, they will be tearing it down. And the whole Amity part of the park is going away. And they're gonna make it something new and exciting. How much room can that even take up? Like, um, you're not, I haven't been there. I went there yeah. a few years ago. Like, I don't remember Amity it's, being that much bigger. It's kind of it's, it's like a lake. Yeah, it's like yeah. a lake, yeah. and it has like its own like shop, and um, it has you know like a fish and chip place. I just saw the See, that's California cool. one, uh, yeah. and it, the California one's drastically smaller than that one. Yeah, and it's really a bummer because even the California one, you kind of just go through it's like a studio tour you just wrap around it you drive yeah, around it but yeah. the orlando one's cool because it tells a story and you know the shark attacks you a couple yeah. times in it and yeah. you will get wet you won't get wet but it says you will get wet and so they're gonna not have it part of the theme park anymore and i think it's kind of a bummer because they, they're trying to it's horrible they're trying to justify it by saying well this movie's almost 40 years old the ride's 20 <laughs> years old they should you know we're gonna put something cool here which is you know, it's universal and what did they release some I'm guessing some stupid kids movie they're going to put over there and, and it's it's one thing like like when they tore out the King Kong ride they tore it out to put in a new version of the King Kong ride and they sort of only because it burned down well yeah, yeah. I guess that's true <laughs> but, that's right yeah, I, forgot, yeah. I forgot that that had burned yeah. down but, but still I bet they still, still, I, they still it, would have yeah. done it because like I was on the original King Kong ride before actually I'm the one who burned it down but nice. um like it wasn't it's not much you know like there's a big crummy looking King Kong and he attacked you know it's, it's not it's, it's not like really impressive it's like the like the whole it's it's part of the whole disaster part of the but did you see the yeah. new park yeah. but did you tell me you saw the new one King yeah, Kong yeah and the new one is it really, really cool good. It's it's like the cost effective version of King Kong. Like, okay, we don't want to spend all the money to build a, another to build a giant latex King Kong. That's giant King Kong. So let's just put two screens on the side of a and I was reading a bus that. and do three D projection. Hmm. Huh. So I mean it, that's a shame, but at the same time, like what I was gonna say was I could see how if they were gonna tear out the Jaws ride and put in a a new cooler, more updated Jaws ride. Um, exactly. That you know, at least then we could have a conversation about whether or not that was an ethical. But here they're just ripping out the Jaws ride, which exactly. is exactly it's kind of depressing. I mean, because to it, to me, like whether that ride is still good or not, that is an icon of that 
of that site where I would, when I would go to Universal Studios, which I haven't been in a long time, but when I go, I would make a point to go see that ride because that's well, yeah. one of the things that you do. Because you know? even that side of the park, I think they got rid of the Back to the Future ride too. You, if you went from Amity, you'd go straight to the Back to the Future part of the park. And to me, that's like really iconic parts of it because I always... Even when I was a kid and I went there, or as an adult, I love opening it up and seeing like the little Jaws logo and the shark coming out of the water. It's like a highlight for me, so it's kind of mm. a bummer that they're going to replace it. And I guess um, because Island of Adventures is so much more popular now, um, with uh, you know the Harry Potter, which they're going to put in L.A. now too, there, which is not that shocking. So they had two major park announcements that they're going to put Harry Potter in L.A. and uh, get rid of Jaws. And I guess I was reading that Disney tried really hard to get the Harry Potter world in LA at Disneyland but uh, they, they didn't do it yeah because they really don't have any more room to go and I guess uh, the Universal Studios I haven't been to one in LA in for years and I guess it's already like super cramped so they don't even know how they're going to fit the Harry Potter ride world over there or something they've got something else that's 40 years old <laughs> yeah yeah great um, don't get me wrong about the Indiana Jones ride because that's 40 years old I mean, oh yeah, I know. You know, well, I guess it's how iconic is the ride itself. Yeah, but I mean, it's still like (laughs) it's still old. old. Like, well, the property is what thirty years old. But I think the ride is only maybe ten, twelve. Even so, it's it's a bummer. But don't get me wrong, the new King Kong thing for what it is is cool. Like as far as three D movies, like, but essentially it's just a three D movie on either side of you, and Mm -hmm. it just screams like. The Jaws ride is expensive because there's maintenance on mechanical things Probably. failing, and there's oh, constant yeah, sure. delays of like, oh, we can't put these people through, so there's less people going but, through and paying tickets, and then they just, have the explosion, so there's fuel costs, and it's just like, let's rip out Jaws and put in like a video version of Jaws. But if they, if that's they're, but they're, that's not what they're doing. They're putting in something else about, you know, it'll be some fucking car. Probably Fast Five. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Fast Five the ride. All right, now don't get my don't get my hopes up. But. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah, on, yes, King. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Robotic <laughs> rock. Um, Actually, they have a mummy ride there, and it's amazing. Hmm. At the Universal one, it's this roller coaster that's out yeah, of control. It's that. really cool. It's the LA one too. But like, if they put in a new version of the Jaws ride, where like the the shark doesn't always attack you from the same places, where the animatronics are probably better and don't need to be upkept as much. Like maybe you made it smaller or whatever. You, you know, yeah. you could do things to make that you could because something new and modern. And think about the crowds that that would bring. Like, well, the Jurassic I, I Park ride that T Rex in it is amazing. Mm. Yeah, is amazing. Anyway, but anyways, moving along. It's talk funny because you on. you started saying that you were going to start with a bummer, and somebody died this week. So I thought that's what you were going to talk about. Oh no, Patrice O'Neill died this week. He did. Who was awesome? I always loved him. And who? Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean the thing is when sorry. you say the name Patrice O'Neill. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I not a, not everybody knows who that guy is, but if you saw his sea face, monster. You'd be like, oh dude, yeah, <laughs> like the other guy from the warehouse in the office. Like, yeah. Um, it's also a shame. Oh no 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 no! I yeah no no no! Hold on, but not everybody <laughs> watches stand up, so not everybody's gonna know Patrice O'Neill. He's really good on know. the roast of Charlie Sheen. I I was picking the thing that was the most popular that he's been on, where most people would like. If you didn't know his name and you just recognized his face, you would be like, "Oh yeah, he was that other guy on The Office." Um, but anyway, um, there's some big news though about Ryan's most anticipated movie, Ouija. Yes. Uh, which we thought was dead. We thought it was dead. But it's like coming the Ouija back. board, they have summoned the spirits. Yeah, yeah, Marty Noxon, in fact, who yeah, Marty Noxon, we're all her. big fans of, is going to be writing Ouija. That is not enough to make me see a Ouija movie. No, probably not. Yeah, not at all. What are you going to do, you know? No. Speaking of movies... Is this like Exorcist 8? 
<laughs> no, no, no. It's not a. It won't be like The Exorcist at all. Pulse, it'll be Pulse. no. It'll it'll be like a movie where uh, you know kids get together, play Ouija, think it's no big deal, some crazy will happen, and then they'll have an adventure. Like a pool cleaner will be out of the pool. Oh yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> so uh, interesting news. Sort of follow up from something else that we've talked about recently. Um, Twilight. We're not done with this. Is giving people seizures. I did read oh, that. Oh, I did read that. <laughs> the book or the movie? The scene, no, no. <laughs> and I, you know, I even commented on this when we saw when we saw the movie. The scene where she gives birth is abrasive, like the way that it's shot and the way that the scene sort of flashes and there's some crazy shit going on. Like it doesn't communicate emotion or anything like that. It just hurts your face to watch it. Um, <laughs> And now it's giving people seizures. Like, it's happened a couple of times now where people have little mini seizures in that movie, which is horrible. It's one more sign of just how god-awful that film is. Question. True. If a pregnant woman has a seizure, does it induce birth? I don't know. I don't know. I Ladies? It depends on the stage of the Wait, now... Well, anyway. <laughs> Let's say full-blown pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you don't give birth. You just have a little peanut come out of your vagina. Are you suggesting, if you, are you suggesting that what actually happens in that movie is that she has a seizure as she's giving birth? Because that would actually make that scene make any sense. No, I was just imagining the uh, irony of watching that scene and then also having that happen in real life at the same time. Because of it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Minus the vampire. <laughs> yeah. The other little bit of follow-up is... Come on, none of the women going to see <laughs> that's true oh man that is an abstinence last week we talked a lot about whether or not we think the Muppets can survive which Brad still hasn't seen the movie but still um, 42 million dollars opening weekend that's good 42 good. million dollars which is cost 45 actually, million dollars to make so or I think it was 45 yeah 45 to make oh okay I, yeah maybe 45 I don't remember it's, some, it's somewhere around there because I thought it was just shy of making its budget back on the on the weekend uh, which is really good it means we'll see a Muppets too um, and maybe a TV show or something like that but uh, so it's good it makes me very happy you yep. know uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that that would be sustainable where if they made a sequel it would do just as well but still it's exciting maybe we'll take the arc of like the Alvin and the Chipmunks thing where it's just like it's this thing you think is just whoa hey this can't catch on and then three movies later and oh, okay. 300 million dollars uh, yeah. or the Smurfs I thought like you that. were like you know wishing a hex upon the movie <laughs> by hoping that it no, takes no. the Alvin and the Chipmunks route of just like cramming out garbage and forcing people to go see it because they have to see Alvin and the Chipmunks. There are three Alvin and the Chipmunks movies? Yeah, there oh, are. Chipwreck. I mean, neither of them. That's not the first one. Yeah, me too. Um, there will probably be another uh, Smurfs movie for the same reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure there is another. Oh, yeah. Oh, a... it did amazingly well. Uh, I'll ask a little bit of news. Um, the Nielsen ratings put out an interesting statistic this week, not one that has anything to do with their actual job, which is to keep track of how popular shows are, because they're, they're shitty at that. How popular, but, popular they are in L.A. and New York only. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what they, they put out a prediction, basically, that in 2012, the number of households with televisions will go down. And what they mean by that is people with cable or watching TV over you know, antennas uh, will decrease which will be the first time since 1970, which is when Nielsen was created in the first place, which is kind of fascinating. Uh, it, it, that, it signals a, a pretty massive change in the way that people watch TV uh, because what it implies is that next year there will be so many people 
who only have Netflix and Hulu and those kinds of things that they completely cut the cable, which I would love to be able to do, but can't stand. Um, Shauna has done it. The, she steals everything, but still, uh, that's Excuse okay. Me. Um, Excuse me. I mean, I do the same thing. I do. Classic movie. We have to figure something out. <laughs> 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 oh. there, what's on Hulu? Is the Home and Garden channel on Hulu? Because you can watch Homes Homes. <laughs> <laughs> it would. It would be. Uh, yeah. No. That's. We're not that close. It would be really nice if we had sort of any kind of on-demand television alternative that was anywhere good enough but I really don't think that even with Hulu especially because over the last few years and we've talked about this before Hulu has kind of gone downhill in its ability to actually be a viable option for me because all the commercials are the same commercial and they're obnoxious and they they make all the mistakes that TV has been making for so long um, so anyway but though the commercials that are on Hulu like if you the commercials that are on Hulu are shorter than the commercials that you would be on TV uh, and it costs less absolutely and you know absolutely time, but true. Every like I stopped watching shows on Hulu because I would watch a show and every commercial break would be the same commercial, and and to to, to begin with they it wasn't a commercial that was in any way interesting to me. It wasn't actually you know they they always had sort of promised that the the commercials would you know be sort of tailored to you and then they they never were. Comcast on. Well, not, I don't mean that they would say you're. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not taking. I'm not talking like and Minority really Report where it says your name. How but if it were, if it were, you know, from Gwen Stefani. It's a program called. <laughs> Thanks, Office. Saves cookies from the websites that you that, but that doesn't make an take, uh, effect in any way the fact that every commercial is the same commercial, which is so frustrating that then I just say, like, well, you know what? If you're going to give it to me free on in one place and I can get it free somewhere else, I'm going to go to the somewhere else where it's less annoying. Yes, that side's illegal, but I'm not paying anything either way. And I, I understand, the FBI I understand economically how that doesn't actually make sense, but unfortunately it's the only way I have of making a statement that the thing that you're trying to give me isn't good enough. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I, it's it's a rock and a hard place still, where I I really don't feel like Hulu is good enough for me to watch my shows on there. That makes total sense. But if you look at like the trending of how available legal and free options other than television, like over the last year, how that's it's it's wonderful hugely increased. And it's just going to continue to do that because, like, I mean, I don't have a TV. Yeah. And I only watch things online, and I've done that for the last three or four years already. Yeah. And let me tell you, <laughs> two years ago it was a lot harder to watch everything I wanted to than it oh, is now. Oh, absolutely. Legally. No, it is, it, is, it is still great. I'm just saying that there is still a long way to go, at least for me, to say like, oh yeah, well I'll completely cut the cable and find other ways to watch The Walking Dead. No, I mean, I kind of I need to have that. Or Amazing Race or something like that. Like I need to have actual cable actual television so that I can watch those things because I like having them when they come out you know I like having them right away hey speaking of TV did you see the new trailer for Kiefer Sutherland's new show no he has a new it's show it's interesting it's called Touch and his kid is able who's to who's he touching 
Uh, <laughs> I, I don't really understand why it's called that, but he has a son who What's can. His name? Um, hey, I'm all these characters will be touched in real time. That would actually be cool. <laughs> uh, he recognizes patterns, uh, like the same number in patterns. Like and the show Numbers? Basically, but with like I never a, watched that show, but that's why I assumed it but, was about. Uh, but it, it does with the kid, he's able to predict things, and then uh, Danny Glover's in it. Ooh. And <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland's still wearing like Jack Bauer clothes. He's wearing a hoodie and a coat in the show, so it's yeah, it looked interesting. I'll watch it because it comes on soon. I and, thought Danny Glover uh, had retired. Maybe. Nee. Oh no, two days, dude. Lethal weapon. <laughs> Um, oh, man. And then uh, a couple more quick things. Did you guys see the concept art for the lizard from Spider-Man? Yes. Yeah. Whatever. I, uh, it's it looks weird. Like, he looks like, like a dude that has some people are, disorder. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're all pissed off, but he looks like a lizard guy. Like I was like, I, well, I was expecting him to be like an alligator man like he is in the 90s show, you know, where he's got like a big snout and looks like an alligator. Mm-hmm. And so when suddenly he was like Killer Croc, I was like, ah. Well, he actually looks like the right. Ditko version from the early 60s. Cause yeah, he does. Ditko never did the elongated yeah. uh, uh, mouth. He just makes him look like a stuff. lizard man, which is his name. Uh, uh, it's funny. I always love reading the comments by fanboys because they're like, where's oh, his yeah. lab coat? And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then it's like, where's his lab coat? This movie's going to be shit because the lizard <laughs> is not wearing a lab coat. And isn't the isn't the photo just like of his is it's a bust right like it's just his head yeah it's just a so head. I don't know oh no there's a painting maybe too it's... of like his whole body where he's like crawling through a sewer oh, but I mean like yeah. it's concept art one it's yeah and it's yeah. painting it's what you would put on underneath the wardrobe in his true in his physical in his appearance in the comic books Reasonable. he's a doctor <laughs> who does research and the reason he gets turns into lizard is because. Lizards can regrow limbs after they've been severed, their tail. And so he has a missing arm, so he uses it. And then it, he grows an arm, but it also turns him into a lizard. So he's a doctor, I mean, and he has a lab coat. I wouldn't go to the but, doctor. And, like, and, and here's the thing. Everything else you said, still true in the movie. Which is all the stuff that's exactly. important. But like, you know, like, people bitch about the completely wrong things. Exactly. I mean, that stuff doesn't matter at all. And the character's really interesting, because when, he's, when he turns into the lizard, he has his brain function goes down so he's stupid and just a brute but he's like one of spider-man's best friends as dr kirk connors and it's really interesting it's a really good story you yeah, remember when the fanboys were up in arms because the joker's not permanent white look yeah. how t- that turned out exactly amazing oh, yeah. hey great lead-in did <laughs> oh, you yeah. know the dark knight rises um prologue is not going to be in colorado yep i just read online they have it in omaha nebraska but it's not in colorado yeah. why do people hate us i don't know it's bizarre that's all i got brad you got any news for us nope Slacker. <laughs> so uh, we're going to jump right into what we've been watching. And since, I mean, the big elephant in the room is how amazing The Walking Dead is. And uh, Aaron, do you want to step out for a minute? Go cool. Yeah, go see what's so going we'll, on. We'll hang out. We'll... I, okay, I mean, we, we should say right off the bat. We are going to talk about what happened. Yeah, uh, and you it's know, very spoilerish. Just, yeah, the, this this week's episode is the episode that sends the show into hiatus until February, and it's sort of the end of the first story arc of the show, and so we're going to talk about it. So if you haven't seen it, you know, skip forward about five minutes or so, and just be careful. It, it won't take that long, but still, um, more like fifteen minutes. Or yeah. just you no, know, just pause it, go watch the show because yeah, dude. you should watch the show. You can watch it right now um, um, on demand. That's how I did it. Exactly. That's how I got so, caught up. Um, it's interesting because the thing that people have hated the most about this this season is Sophia disappearing. Exactly. Um, like, it was sort of forced. And I, I totally, like, 
I saw it as sort of the key to all the other stories that I found interesting getting started. You know, I cared mm-hmm. about Herschel's farm. I cared yeah. about Lori getting pregnant. I cared about um, uh, Carl getting shot. Those are the stories I cared yeah. about, and those all happened because Sophie disappears and they go looking yeah. for her and all of that. Um, and then this week, when all of those things were sort of coming to a head and we had this amazing moment where Shane is like finally breaking, like yeah. this everything I'm that he's done. Over. Yeah, yeah. But, but like time, like you realize you, that he is really falling apart. But you do kind of, I mean, you do agree with it. me. I do kind oh, of yeah. agree with him because why do you have those things in there? Because obviously they just uh, and we're talking about the zombies in the barn. If you, I'm yeah. sure you know, but the, 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 the barn's full of zombies and he thinks Rick is isn't equipped to be in this world. And some people might think that's cliched and everything, but I mean, I still think it's a great scene when it's Dale's trying to hide the guns from Shane, and Shane tracks him down, and he says, "Why don't you use a tracking ability to find Sophia?" It, and then, they, oh man, it's indirectly getting at the main question that the show and the books raise, where it's, you know, Rick on one hand is the guy who wants to remain human and stay centered and try and survive through this, and Shane is sort of the reactionary one who. Mm-hmm is sort of giving into this world and becoming more violent and he becomes the walking dead in a way. And he does um, anything to He's willing survive. to do anything to survive whereas and Rick theoretically hasn't hit that point yet. And um, the one thing I love is Shane um, doesn't make it this far in the comics and I think he's one no. of the best additions to the cast. Oh yeah. It's, Keep on it's, going because he's like unhinged. Yeah, how how they've taken this story, um, and it's the same story. It's just that they've stretched it out so much that they can really explore yeah. this transformation. Because uh, you know, a lot of this stems out of the fact that he ki- he basically killed um, what's his Otis. name Otis, and nobody else knows that. He's the only one who knows that. We know that he knows that, and we're watching that sort of Dale eat away it. at him. Dale suspects it, and a lot of people. I was reading an interview with Kirkman, and he does bring up a good point. They said, well, "How does Dale know everything?" But if you really watch his character. He's the guy who watches everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, That's all he does all day is watch things. Yeah. And so, well, and because he's, you know, like, it's kind of cliche, but dead. he's the wiser, older man. Exactly. So, like, he knows people pretty well, and he, he's able to interpret the things that they do, and he, he can anticipate the things that they so do. So, obviously, and then you go to the big reveal that, you know, they massacre all these zombies that are in yeah. the barn. And Which then, is, before, we get, to the, oh, before we get to the twist, I just want to say, I, my, my laptop died because I can't look up the name of the actor, but the guy who plays Herschel who I'd always thought like oh this is a really good choice like he was really great his his acting his role in that scene when he drops to his knees and is just like falling apart because he realizes that everything that he was afraid was going to happen is coming true amazing like just killed me but also that part too you don't know is he sad because uh, they're killing those people or is he sad because he realizes that they aren't alive because that scene is powerful when it's you it's, know when Shane, it's a couple like, different things. Are they I, sick? And he keeps on. Oh man! I think he both Amazing. is letting it happen because he, he's sort of realizing that they're right. Mm-hmm. I think he's sad because he's watching them kill his wife and his his son-in-law and things like that. And at the same point, I think he's sad because he's watching these people that he, you know, to some degree had hope for and thought like these are these are living people. Surely, you know, like these could be good people, and they're they're doing this horrible thing that I don't agree with. Yeah. Um, so I, I, that's part of why I think that's so good is that in that scene you, you just you feel for him like, like even if you didn't agree with him even if he was kind of a dick to people before that, when that scene happens you're just like oh my god yes absolutely yeah um, and, um, and then it happens and then Sophia comes out as a barn as as a zombie and I'll tell you right now um, I was watching it with my wife my wife cried when they were killing all the zombies 
and then she comes, you know, stumbling out. A tear is going down my wife's eye, and because as soon as Rick walks up and points that gun, she, and that's a great, that's oh, a great, man. that's a great note because Shane is the one who can kill them when they're not people to him, mm-hmm. and then when he sees Sophia and she is, Rick is the one who can kill them when they are people. Yeah, and, and like that. I mean, just the fact that I said that the way I said it gave me chills just now. Like, that moment and that dynamic is amazing. Because um, it, it's really something to to have sympathy for um, monsters. But yeah. when you really think about it, they are just people. It's not like they chose to... It's not like, you know, um, Jekyll and Hyde where you choose to be this way. You know, it's... You have no choice in it. And when you see the effects on it, it's it's really powerful and... I've never been like it sounds stupid, but I've never been so moved by something my wife did because uh, it, it's it's really bizarre to think about it that way, where it can just actually bring someone to tears. Yeah. When and that's even before the re- the big reveal. Like my wife oh, yeah. couldn't believe it. You know, they're just how barbaric they are, and um, Herschel breaking down, and then she lost it when she came slumbering out of that uh, that barn, and I was watching The Talking Dead. And originally, they shot it two ways. She came out of the barn originally, normal, because that's how everybody would see her. And then when Rick walked up and pointed the gun at her, then she, then you saw her as a zombie. And then uh, the director of it was actually a woman, and she, uh, she said it was way more effective if she just came out as a zombie. But hopefully on the Blu-ray, they'll have Cause that Because it, it just hits. Because it yeah. even hits before. Like, when you hear the noise... At first, I think like, oh, it's gonna be Herschel's wife because they've, na- they've, na- they've made no reference to which one was his wife until you um, really. And because it. of the the pilot episode, like that is sort of a big deal to viewers, and so that's that was my first thought. Um, and then you see the shoes, and that's when it hits. Like it's way before you even th- like think about it. Like it hits you, and you go, "Oh my god, no!" And you Brad, can't do this. Uh, and here's the thing: like it 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 hits everybody who watches the show because it's not. Sophia is still alive in the book, and it's she is even one of my favorite little aspects. Like I'm always rooting for Sophia, even though she doesn't do much in the books. I'm rooting for Sophia because I'm like, well, she and Carl have to get together sometime, (laughs) you know. And so to kill Sophia in the show is like, no, like it 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 rips the hope out of the show for me to some extent. Like it's it just kills. Um, And Brad, you never really read the comics, and how did you think the show? I thought it was great because the, they build it up right before that with the whole Cherokee Rose thing. Like, yeah. there's hope. Yeah. We're going to oh, find yeah. her. And they keep telling you, like, this, it's going to happen. Like, and Daryl goes it. through hell and trying then, to find yeah. her. And, yeah, and, and even we've got, this romance, we've got this romance that's based around, like, like they're, in, they're in this tension because they can't actually be, you know, Daryl and her mother can't really be together until they get Sophia back. Like, the, you, there's this thing between them, you know? And now, we, what do you do? Like, how... You know, it just kills. It it breaks so many of the little stories that have been going on in the show because it, she was the reason that everything was happening. Um, and I was also wondering a lot of like a lot of the episodes, just like okay, so like once we find out the b- zombies are in the barn, like how do they herd twelve like twelve different? How they how they trap them in there? Like, yeah. How, well, and you see, usually one's like a tough to handle, yeah. but yeah, they yeah. do the little. Uh, and also, there's a throwaway the line thing. that I didn't catch, and it's because I watched The Talking Dead. The reason, About no, Otis? yeah, the reason they didn't know that Sophia was in there is because Otis is the one who would capture all the zombies and put them yeah. in there. Did yeah. you see the uh, preview during Hell's of uh, Hell's on Wheels for the next episode? Uh-uh. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did it explains a little bit of that. Like that's how the whole clip is just like how did, how did you not know to Herschel? Like how did you guys not know she was in there? Like 
Shane's all pissed off and stuff, and yeah. then it kind of cuts off, and you're and you're like, oh, <laughs> I want this conversation to continue. And you know, know what I like too. Herschel's about... kind of blows it off too. It's like I didn't know. I don't know. I yeah. Otis might have known. I'm sorry. I don't... Yeah, is it's a lot like the comic where you know there might be a two or three issues where they kind of just talk and nothing really yeah. happens, and all of a sudden you're just hit with something that's uh, really effective. And yeah. so kudos to the TV show to you know be able to do it. And, and I, I think it shows that the show has sort of found its place where they can do things that not everybody likes but in the end when you see where they go with it you go like oh okay I'm with it like like now you know I even a friend of mine who really his biggest problem was the thing with Sophia like he wanted them to just find Sophia because he wanted that to be over I texted him and I was like do you feel slightly differently now and he's like I, yeah I like it more you know like I don't know you know it may not be until the next time he rewatches it and then he's like okay this man because now that I know where it's going man this is really good but I, you know, the fact that the show will be able to now make mistakes and not be, you know, honestly, I feel like it's got a little bit of the sort of Tebow fever on this show, <laughs> like where it has to either be perfect or it's garbage, you know, mm-hmm. I've, and I've seen the fans do it, especially on season one. And, and I, I don't disagree with them, but I, I saw people say like, oh man, the show is the, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And they said that three episodes in a row. And then they said, I'll never watch the show again. And you're going, no, you can't. It's just television. You know, you have to bear with this stuff and see where they take it because sometimes they'll take it in amazing places with things that you didn't like in the first place. Um, and this is one of those places, you know, like they made some, they did something that, eh, and then, oh, it just killed. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited and I can't wait till February now. Um, yep. Yeah, it's kept it's, me interested. <sighs> yeah, good, good. 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 <laughs> and I was really good because you were so quiet for a while that I thought you were gonna be like, yeah, it was all right. Uh, <laughs> and especially because on Facebook you said something like, oh, I watched this week's Walking Dead, so you guys can gush over it on 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 uh, on Friday. And I was like, oh no, he hated it. <laughs> like something about it just didn't work for him. But no, one of the um, other sh- of our episodes, my complaint was like, where is the Sophia thing going? And yeah, the, that's how they chose her. Exactly. I was like, great. And you and you go like, oh man, they got balls. Yeah. It's just, it's great. And the other uh, question um, they bring up with uh, like Rick and his wife is like, the whole, why would we want to keep on living? Like, what is there to look forward oh, to? Yeah, Even yeah. if we do stay alive, like, there's no art. There's no. Yes, yeah. way to socialize. We're just it's just survival. Yeah, and what's the point of surviving? Like, what is there to look forward to? I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, that episode. Kinda good question. That, that was that one that I said was I think my favorite. It still is my favorite episode this season, um, because that whole dynamic is is uh, the the core of the whole show. Um, mm-hmm. Is this question of like, well, why even try? You know, yeah. uh, that's great. That's really great. Sweet. So um, I also watched uh, Super 8 again this week, and that movie's so amazing. So did I. I did, too, yeah. That yeah. Oh, absolutely man. amazing. It yeah. went by faster the second time, though. Yeah. It like, did. watching it seemed, it seemed really a little quicker, quicker yeah. pace. Oh, yeah. I felt yeah. that. I saw it twice in theaters, and I know what you mean. I felt the same thing then. Um, and it's funny. Did you guys watch a lot of the stuff on the discs? I, I, I watched, watched the deleted scenes. Yeah. Oh, okay. The commentary is really pretty fun. Like, you should you should take the time and go through that. They they At the beginning, he says something about that. Uh, Steven Spielberg never does commentary, and so they they try to email Steven Spielberg <laughs> and get a response all, during the commentary. I won't spoil whether or not it works, um, nice. Nice. but it's it's pretty fun. So yeah, you um, should pick up Super Eight for sure because that movie's amazing. Yeah, really we'll is. talk about it again in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm sure yeah. we will. Also, or you can listen to our uh, Super Eight 
episode yeah. that we oh, did. Oh yeah, that's right. This year. Oh man, we can do You're that now. An hour worth that. Yeah, yeah it's still the reason I like movies. Um, I also have to mention that I got Evil Dead 2 25th anniversary Blu-ray, and it's the first release of those movies that is actually worth purchasing on an extra version of because they have an hour, uh, an hour and 40 minute documentary about the making of it. They have a commentary with Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, and uh, Greg Nicotero. They have deleted scenes. They have uh, Greg Nicotero and all his guys at KMB shot their own little movies while they're making it. So they have these clever little movies that you can watch in them. They have all the trailers. Uh, It's just really cool. And uh, it's basically... And all the menus before each chapter of the documentary is all done in this really cool stop motion animation and uh, so it's really cool to see a movie and the blu-ray is only 10 bucks so it's cool to see a, a blu-ray of an independent horror movie that's 25 years old finally get the respect it deserves and you should definitely pick it up if uh, that stuff interests you that's what i watched did you watch anything else brad i did but i'm spacing it so why don't you go I don't have anything else because I watched Super 8 and I watched The Walking Dead. I know, I know I watched Super 8. I watched, and, I watched The Walking Dead. Uh, and I watched a whole lot of DS9. Actually, I didn't watch a whole lot because it took me like four days to get through an episode called called Trials and Tribulations. Not because it wasn't a good episode. It was really good. But I kept falling asleep. So I had to keep going back. and That might be the first finishing. episode I ever watched of Star Trek. Really? It was Trials. Was not, it's, oh, The Trouble with Tribbles. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. The Trouble with Tribbles. Yeah. This is an episode where the DS9 characters go back in time and then weave themselves into that episode in some really nice. cool waves. Uh, it's even and it's shot looking like it's shot in the '60s. Like it, it sort of puts on this idea that the reason that the original Star Trek looks the way it does is not because it's shot poorly or because it's on film or TV. It's actually just because the lighting on starships was different, and so that's just you know, like <laughs> that's the whole idea, and it's cool. They had different uh, light bulbs. Yeah, exactly. That's how <laughs> it the feels. Because when they go back in time, suddenly it's shot like that old show, and you're and you're like, wait, what? Nice. How, yeah, it's really I'll good. Check it out. That's cool. Yeah, it's a good one. I've watched a lot of DS9, but I mean, there's episodes I haven't seen. So oh, there are episodes Scattered I haven't seen throughout. too. Yeah. Because there are episodes that I fall asleep two minutes in, and then I usually I'm like, that was, it's like clearly that was a Gem shitty Hadar episode. Oh yeah, no, no, no anything that has talking. anything that has too many Bajorans in the first five minutes, I don't, I don't finish the episode. <laughs> it's just too much. Oh great, um, slavery again. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, anyway, awesome. You don't remember um, what else you watched? Yeah, let's just say I watched Super Eight and Walking Dead. Mm. And if I remember by next week, I'll bring it up then yeah whatever so all right now it's time so we saw hugo brad should people see hugo i think a certain type of people should go see hugo Ah. women (laughs) (laughs) no by that women love cinema by that women love cinema you yeah i was gonna say you mean movie people yeah um okay james uh yeah i'll say yes uh, probably with the same caveat of you need to be somebody like if you are somebody who knows whether or not you like Martin Scorsese movies, then you're probably somebody who might enjoy this movie. Um, it's a little bit. There are other little issues that mean that I I don't even know if I can say one way or the other whether you can. Um, so I would just say if it interests you, then yes, um, but not based on. It can't be based on the trailers and and the way that the movie's promoted. It has to be based on what you've heard from other people and what you've read because the way that they sell this movie is different. I think they sell this movie like a Tintin movie 
which oh damn I look forward to that but I think they sell this movie like a uh, Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium there, yeah okay yeah like a, like a kids adventure movie before we did this podcast I, mean. I tweeted the marketing for Hugo is an insult to the essence of the movie yes yeah you're right it is yeah. um, um, wow like Cohen. does he sing in this movie no no um, I think people should see it. Um, Sean, should people see the movie? Absolutely. Sean, Sean was the probably the one who uh, loved hey, it the most. Here's the trailer that doesn't sell the movie properly. What's your name, boy? Hugo. Hugo Cabray. from his past. We built him. I would think a magician. The most complicated one I've ever seen. Can we fix him? Of course we can fix him. <laughs> a mysterious connection. Hey, where did you get this? I need it to fix something. This is marvelous. A secret. What is that? I think it's a message from my father. Why would my key fit into your father's machine? To finding his way home. This is a treacherous place, do you understand? Watch your step. We could get into trouble. That's how you know it's an adventure. You've tried to forget the past for so long. Maybe it's time to try and remember. The story's not over yet. This Thanksgiving, Academy Award-winning director Martin Scorsese invites you on an incredible journey. Stop that child! Abraham! Once upon a time, I met a boy named Hugo Cabray. He searched to find a secret message. I need to know what this means. And how that message lit his way. All the way home. Hugo. Yeah, the biggest problem with the trailer is... It's, hey, these kids are running through clocks in this crazy French... Look at all the whimsy. Yeah, this crazy French... (laughs) Which there is, there is like a bizarre level of whimsy. There's a bizarre level of like, you know, like not even feeling like the train station is a train station, but that it's like a painting, you know, where... Where there are little stories happening and there and nobody ever really moves, everybody's sort of always doing the same thing. Like that whole I don't know, it almost doesn't exist in the real world. Which obviously it doesn't exist in the real world. Um but yeah, no, the way it portrays the movie is just like I, I, yeah. yeah, as a like tongue in cheek. Even the poster kids. where the kids like hanging on the the clock hand, and he's which is an anticlimactic nothing scene. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, like there is no danger in that scene. No, but like the so the, Ryan, why don't you explain the plot? So yeah, well the plot is is Hugo is this little boy who lives in the a Paris train station. I'm gonna spoil this for you. And he okay. uh, winds the clocks and keeps them going, and then you find out later that's because he's a little orphan because his dad passed away. Well died in a fire and uh, <laughs> a horrible cgi fire yeah, yeah horrible cgi fire <laughs> yeah and oh man Jubla, we can't talk about the cgi in this movie. and then he lives with his uncle who's teaches him how to wind the an clocks alcoholic. and an alcoholic and one day his uncle disappears and so he isn't sent to the orphanage he keeps care of the clocks and his father left him this little mechanical man and his whole goal is to steal parts from 
the toy shop in the train station to rebuild his mechanical man. So that hopefully the mechanical man will provide some kind of message from his dad. Yeah. Something. And you know, I'll have to say the movie really, really started very slowly. Like it's a, got a. It. I actually, I think it starts kind of well. It starts. Remember, there's a late title card, and yeah. I think before the late title card, which, which was just terrible. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, the late title card itself it's like, oh, was we, horrible. It hey, was we like, changed the name of the movie. Throw something together real fast. Yeah. Yeah. The late title card itself was horrible, but I uh, think not. that that sort of prologue was actually kind of neat. Of like, they introduce you to the world, and then that scene of, you know. Uh, he tries to steal the thing, and yeah. then he gets caught, and that little just sort of emotional beat, and then having having the late title card there lets you then start the movie from there. And that I thought was cool, but you're right, like it's it's slow and it takes its but, time, you know, and, I, and it it focuses on things that you don't understand why that's important, uh, and sometimes they aren't. Um, I think that's uh, a, a trademark of kind of Scorsese. I think some of his movies do like I think Shutter Island yeah. starts really slow too, yeah, and. and and he, a lot of his movies, but one thing I will say about his movies is they're always shot very well. Yeah. Um, the opening scene when he's running through the clocks, I, I love how the camera moves. Oh yeah, no, it, yeah. it's really the, cool. But the then, shots are brilliant, and I, I think you know we should say we didn't see it on 3D, and I'm glad because uh, this it reinforces my faith, my belief that when a movie is shot with as much attention to depth as this one was, which clearly he did that because he wanted to shoot it for 3D, the movie already is in 3D. Like when. When the shots are are built the way that these shots are built, your eyes, your brain automatically fills in that space, and the movie's in 3D. It doesn't need to be in 3D, um, because there were amazing shots where I was like, "Oh man, look at this! How, look how cool that is!" If it were yeah. in 3D, I would just be thinking about, "Look at how 3D that is." Yeah, I I, I think my biggest problem with the, I think the movie is actually a good movie, but my biggest problem was at the very beginning it had weird beats with characters oh, yeah. looking at each other, and I, it felt really weird. It's like, well, why are you stealing from me? Yeah. That's me just sitting there staring because the little boy was. And <laughs> it, it, it was just really bizarre timing and pacing for me. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot of, especially in that first chase sequence where there's yeah. stuff that's supposed to be funny in a way that, like, you know, like, it, it even reminded me there's a scene similar to it in, like, 101 Dalmatians, you know, where there's lots of dogs and they're, yeah. and they're like, knocking things over and stuff like that. And in that movie, it's it's fun and funny. And in this one, it all just sort of falls it's flat. Really bizarre. Yeah, and it's, it's really just flat. like, okay, all right, I understand that Scorsese doesn't do kids' movies, and here he is trying, and it, that's how it felt and, to me. It and that's felt like, like the Shutter Island thing I felt. Exactly. It felt like, like him he, exercising muscles he doesn't even know he exactly. has. Exactly. And I mean, um, I didn't think it needed shots of, like, the dog going, like, looking at the camera and tilting its head. Like just yeah, yeah, like a like a like a like a Beethoven movie. Yeah, um, not the cute dogs, the 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 big mean the, dog. The yeah, the Doberman. But you know what I will say about this movie though, even um, Sasha Baron Cohen's character gets way better as the movie goes along. Oh, absolutely. Because at the beginning he starts. As he even this has bumbling. a. He even has a really good beat. Yeah. Like a really wonderful beat at the end. Um, yeah. Which also reminds me, there's sort of a rule. And, you know, it, well, it's a guideline, just as every guideline in, in screenwriting, you know, uh, that if, like, if you ever write a dream sequence, just, just delete it. And if you ever write <laughs> yeah. a dream sequence in a dream sequence, just stop writing ever. Like, seriously. And yeah. there's one of, this in, one of these in this movie that, for one thing, is awful. Mm -hmm. It's distracting, and it doesn't do anything for the movie, either of the dreams. And it sets up a scene later that I actually think would be better... If yeah. it had been, you know, if attention had been properly built, uh, 
and then like oh and then yeah, you have right. this you know because like that, that dream sequence you just feel like oh it's the same thing but you know something I guess whatever you can, you can interrupt something. him like, it's alright yeah I can't interrupt um, the second dream and the dream sequence I thought did relate because of his whole idea that he has to work again and he has to fix things and fix himself yeah. and he views himself as a kind of machine. So I thought that that part of the dream sequence did work with the plot, but I agree with you on the first one. But the problem with dream sequence tends to be that the metaphor that you're trying to convey has probably already been conveyed or will be conveyed yeah. again later in a way that isn't as heavy-handed. Like him turning into the little robot man, like yeah, I got you. Like he's a he's a machine. Like we've already had all these heavy-handed metaphors about people are machines and sometimes they break and he likes to be the person who who fixes them. Like we've we've already got that. And so when the dream sequence comes up, I'm like, "Yeah, okay. I got you." You know? Um, I I it's not that it's not beautiful. It's that um for the most part, I think that dream sequences don't work properly. Um yeah, no, I agree. And I think because it, it was really um, unusual when he's... Especially the train. Yeah, because he's train on there and the train's is... about to run him over. And then he's like, get out of the way, kid. And all of a sudden the train starts plowing through everything. No mention of... It's just bizarre. Yeah. I and think that's it, my yeah. biggest problem with the whole movie is the pacing was a little weird. Yeah, absolutely. But, I, I, but the performances were... Go ahead, Aaron. I have a problem with that in, like, every Scorsese movie. Oh, I, absolutely. I, I, I just, oh, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I yeah, just said no, that. I've... It's really bizarre, you know, because, you know, you're right. One time it'll be this kid just fixing things, and then it'll cut to random dogs. And that's, I think, the kid part of it where it, I think is really unnecessary. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah. Um, Brad, shoot. <laughs> you're really quiet. Oh. Once again, you guys are stealing the show. <laughs> okay. There's a big, there is another big elephant in the room, though, which is the reveal. Um, which is when you find out that um, the girl's father, fa ish sort of father, godfather, is uh, um, <sighs> George Marley, yeah. uh, who was the inventor of, of uh, special effects. He was the first guy who ever thought to do in-camera special effects where he would film something, have the actors freeze, turn the camera off, and then change stuff. And then turn the camera back on, and it was like stuff magically appeared. That was his idea. It created special effects for the rest of eternity, and that's where that came from. Um, he's the guy who everyone has seen at least once a clip from the Voyage to the Moon, which is the bullet getting shot into the moon. Like, you've seen that. Um, yeah. And at some point, it gets revealed, like, that's who this is. And then it takes a turn into documentary filmmaking where there is, where the kid starts narrating. A whole section where they're reading from a book and telling you about like oh this is how film started and this is where and it's weird and clunky and sort of like like it's fascinating you know i mean or at least for anyone who didn't already know that story which i did it's fascinating i i assume um but but it's i, I didn't already it know that kills story was... the pace <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah the the final chapter of from the earth to the moon the the miniseries is about the filming of the voyage of the moon um and from there like that fascinated me as a kid and then i've i've done i've looked into it um so like that stuff was happening i was like oh this is cool like i'm getting to see this footage that i've always really enjoyed like on the big screen how cool is that but i think that in the pace of what is supposed to be an emotional character-based story it it just sort of drags everything down into like really blatant exposition you know it's fascinating 
and it's history, but it doesn't it doesn't work for me. But Brad disagrees. Um, I I thought the movie. Uh, can we start the movie closer to that part of the movie? Because yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, the first yeah, Absolutely. up to that point where it's not there's not a sense as someone who doesn't know what's going on. Um, I don't get the sense that there's going to be this delve into cinema history. I'm yeah. just watching this movie that is slightly boring and taking a long time to get anywhere or to right. anything important. I just understand there's a sad kid and a sad old man, and somehow their story is going to resolve each other. Right. Um, and then once it gets to actually highlighting the aspect of this guy, and then they go into like the Lumiere brothers, I'm like, my brain started to fire. Like, this yeah. is interesting. We're learning about the origins of cinema and i'm like thinking about like how we make our little short films and stuff i'm like this is similar to like our passion for oh yeah how this is created and then yeah like after that it's just like and in the same week as watching super eight again it's like man (laughs) making movies right yeah but i don't know it just never like honestly during that part of the movie i kept thinking to myself like yeah i've always wanted to see a movie about george millier this is not the one like this is this is a movie about some kids having some whimsy or some shit but this isn't like an in-depth dramatic emotional character piece about this guy who changed cinema and how important he was it's more like that is it it felt more like that was the footnote and the cool thing that distracts you away from a boring movie I will say the little boy is really good in it though he is he's really good (laughs) (laughs) What's his name? Asia? Asia? I don't know. It's like ASA or something. I forgot it. Asa. 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 And he's gonna he's Asa. gonna be he's gonna be Ender in the Ender's Game movie, though they're gonna have to bulk him up like significantly to do that. Or they're just gonna put like a puppy shirt on him. If Christian Bale can do it, he can do it. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has some really good character moments. And oh, you he's, know, his eyes are amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like he, every time he, I didn't mean that like weird. I just mean every time that he is, every time he's emoting with his what face, he just gets at you, yeah. and it's it's great. Like he, he, he I th- honestly, I think that his acting makes up for a lack of character in his character. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I am more interested in him just because of how well he is portrayed uh, than in what we're really told about him. I agree. It's kind of weird. Like it feels like. Scorsese is adapting this book about someone who's like, I'm going to write a story about a kid who's going to introduce people to George Millier. And then the end of the movie, like they go back and thank the kid for Which that, allowing that us to enjoy so George Millier again. It's like, no. Millier is the more interesting yeah. part of this oh, story. Exactly. That's yeah. So. That's really my problem with it is that. But and maybe I started to think about the title like. They went from like Hugo, Hugo Cabaret to Hugo. Like they should do something more about. Well, you can't a call it. You can't and call stuff. it. Well, okay, but, yeah, you can't call it George Millier, and you can't even really talk about cinema because it gives away the fact that that's what the movie's really about. Right. If this is like, if you, if we're just talking about the title for this movie, you can't change. You can't make the title about movies. If you made a different movie about George Millier, then you could. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you can't give away that twist in Has this movie. Read the book? No. no, have you? No, and and this is what I'm curious about is because it seems like you're coming from a point that it's a movie about George Millier. No, 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 no. I don't think it's a movie about George Millier. If it were, you could title it something like George Millier. My problem is that it's a movie with George Millier in it with a lot of information about him, and that stuff is more interesting to me than 
the like running through the train station and the like the robot and the robot dude and things like that like i'm more fascinated and even more moved by what that man achieved than by the little kid story plot points you're not young enough May, that's, maybe that's the i mean is because the the movie is it's a it's a child's story i and think it's, it's the, from the viewpoint of the child and the the whole thing of like the discovery about George Melier and all of that, like it's it's given off with that wonder of oh my gosh, this is so cool that a child would have about it, not someone who's analytically sitting there thinking this is the history of movies. This is no, 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 no. I, I, mean, I, I, I think okay. <laughs> I feel that's how there's it's two supposed things. to be, there's but two I think first of all, he's too much if, of an adult to yeah. Like, if if this is if this is really supposed to be for kids, first of all, I think if you showed this movie to kids, they would ask you if they could go to their room and play. And second of all, <laughs> and second of all, I think that this is that his point in making a movie that is so surrounding George Melier, and because here's the thing, when I watch the stuff about George Melier, I do see it as like, yeah, this guy made dreams. Like he, he really was that important. But I don't, I don't see that. Boring children right now that would enjoy that movie. I don't, re- I don't relate with the kid in that. I just relate with George Melier. Do you see what I'm saying? Like I don't feel like I'm. I, anyway, go ahead. I don't mean to cut you off. The other thing too that's like the the shots of the dog, like the the, the dog's face and the interaction of the dogs and all the little sub characters. Those are all for the kids watching. I also oh, yeah, feel yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. an aspect of French cinema too. Like, yeah, like that's the thing. Staples. It feels more like yeah. it feels more like to a, a callback to old. But my problem too is when I feel like I, the same thing I felt with Scorsese when he shot when he made Shutter Island is he's forcing you to see these things. It's not yeah. it's not a natural part of the movie. Um, just yeah. like the stupid CGI of the papers falling and uh, uh, the CGI yeah. of the fire, like it's just—I mean, though I think someone... I think he skips CGI and does clay or not claymation, but stop motion for the for the mouse. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that was that was that was, cool. was, that was kind of neat. Yeah, like, that was cool. It was suddenly a stop motion yeah, that mouse. Doesn't bother me, but you know when the paper looks so fake, I can't. Dude, when the town looks so fake. Oh yeah, the there opening are horrible, shot, like, horrible uh... wide shots of the kids walking through the town where they look like they're two stories tall. Like they they look disproportionate to the city around them, and the city around them looks fake. Like those are the things that like are, are broken, you know? Yeah, and that's so that's my problem with it because I know he's making a kids film, but he seems like he's forcing it. Like you have to have the dog tilt its head, and you have to have yeah. Like, it, where, it feels it feels like Shutter Island. It feels like yeah. him making a kids movie, having never seen a kids movie. Well, I think it's more effective when he's taking a bath with. Um, I, what's even the dude's name? Train inspector guy, constable. Station. They say his name. They say his name at some point. Station, station officer. Station oh, officer. Gus. I think. I think it's funnier when he's just sitting in there with him. You don't have to force me to laugh at some dog and um, stuff like that. Yeah. And again, it's you know, it's him. But he's a talented filmmaker, and he can move the camera as well as anybody, or yeah. have the camera being moved how he wants it to be shot. As well as anybody, and uh, again, it's it's he's trying something new, which I respect. But it yeah. felt like a lot like Shutter Island to me, and the pacing was really goofy. But again, the movie's really beautiful. I mean, it's yeah, it's well. Production shot. design is really good. Yeah, the production design is really cool. And there are plenty of people who are not going to have the problems that I had. Yeah, you know, people well, people who didn't know the story already, people and people who <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the best review. I, movie I of would the never, year. I would never tell anybody to not see this movie if they wanted to see it. It just doesn't work for me. Like yeah. emotionally, I think it's disjointed, and as a yeah. result, I come Did out you of it tell going me to like. See it like twenty minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, I'm really confused. Come on. No, no. 
I, <laughs> like I said, like I a said certain type when of people it's should see it. And disjointed. Go watch. No, it. hold on. Remember what I said was there are problems with this movie that make it hard for me to say yes or no either way. Like I said that before we played the trailer. <laughs> you know, I'm not steering people wrong here because there are plenty of people who will like this movie. Yeah, it's, I think I, it's, and I never want to say don't go see this because this is crap. When I know that there are people out there who will like this movie, yeah, it's um, not a terrible movie. I would not tell no. someone not to see this movie. And as but much as I, as much as I'm giving it, it crap, there is there's a lot of stuff in this movie that I like. But like I come I come away from it in the light of it getting thing getting reviews like this is the greatest movie of the year. No, it's not. Like no, it's really really not. And I've seen the greatest movies of the year, and they are great, and they are cohesive, and they don't have bad CGI, and they work, and they like this isn't that, and that's my problem is that when when a movie is given that kind of a review, and then is simply okay or or even good, you know, it it makes me want to point out all of the things that are bad about it, and so when you hear me saying all these things that are bad, don't take that as me saying the movie is bad as a whole. I'm just saying like. The shit's wrong with this. That's how I feel about Inception. Inception's an okay movie. Yeah, there, there's plenty of shit wrong with Inception. We can talk about it at some point. I never, I never called Inception the best movie of the year, but this isn't either. I gotta say, I didn't hear any of the reviews about it being the best movie of the year. Any of that? Yeah, yeah, me neither. I had just seen the trailer, been intrigued, and was like, okay, let's give this a shot. Yeah. And so my expectations were exceeded because they were very, very low. I had the same thing with Black Swan. And the opposite effect was Slumdog Millionaire. There's my, all this hype around Slumdog Millionaire. My, I saw it and I was you're like, a monster. <laughs> I am not as impressed with this movie as everyone else was. My, you're a monster. It was okay, but it blew me away. But I, I think what really re- saves this movie for me is that one of the last scenes is uh, uh, he gets picked up by yeah, uh, policeman, and he's crying and pouring his heart out. And it, it's amazing. And then when you see him in the next scene, and he's happy, and he's a magician. Is I think it's yeah. it really kind of ties him for him ties the movie well. And that's why, I mean, despite all the little flaws and pacing, I have issues. There are some yeah. moments in the movie that are really, really good. Absolutely, there, there, and, there are plenty of times that I laughed. Plenty of times that I was kind of moved. You know, mm-hmm. it's just that it doesn't fit together for me. Yeah, I agree. You know. He's in it quite a bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's even like in the trailer. In the trailers, he comes off as sort of the one-note like policeman character, and there's a whole lot more to him. And, and they and that that's <laughs> that's one of the things that the movie does really well is that he gets his character gets more dynamic in really short periods of time. Like they just have to do little things, and suddenly you go, "Oh, okay." And, uh, and some of them are things you expect. Like you know, at some point, you're going to find out that he's an orphan. That's obvious. Um, but then there are other things that they'll reveal to you, and you're like, "Oh, wow, that's really neat." Um, that yeah, his whole story is is actually really great, and easily my favorite side, like you know, side plot. There are a couple of those, and he is easily the best. Yep. You know, though those dogs are cute. Oh. Um, you know. Anyways, so what are we seeing next week? The sitter. <laughs> Actually, there's quite a few choices. We just have to narrow it down. Uh-huh. Well, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy probably won't be here. Next I won't week. be here on Friday, so good oh. luck, guys. No, where are you going right. to be? Washington, D.C. Oh, that's right. You did tell me that. For what? Mm-hmm. Just hanging out. You going to be president? Just hanging out. Actually, like, I'm thinking of convincing Russell to, to do some campaign ads versus each, versus each other <laughs> nice. with the Washington backdrop. 
Cool, go to Smithsonian. Yeah. That's somewhere yeah. I've always wanted to be. Actually, we're going to try and uh, take a four-hour drive to Jersey and go see uh, Jane Silent Bob's Secret Stash. Sweet. Oh, very cool. At the same time. So very cool. Got four cool. days to do it. So. Yeah, should have some yeah. time. That's around. Cool. So yeah, it's yeah. up to me and you. Uh, Although I'd love well, to see Tinker Taylor's Soldier Spy. Uh, I don't think it'll be here next week. No, but I'll probably I really doubt it. it. Yeah. Well, um, I'll be on the East Coast, so maybe I'll get to see it. Yeah, Fuck you. <laughs> uh, if if that is in Denver, even if it's at the mine or someplace like that, I think that's what we should say. Sure. I'm down. Um, yeah. so, interesting, we'll too. I mean, it probably yeah. stupid as hell, but... Yeah, we'll give it a show. Yeah, but um, and the, the unfortunate thing is there are a lot of movies between now and the end of the year, um, and that is definitely one of the ones that we need to see. So... If we can get it done, I'd like to do that. Mission yeah. Impossible, when's that? Christmas. 16th. 16th now. That oh, they moved it up a week? Yeah. Oh, thank that God. And Sherlock Holmes come out this Oh, yeah, week. Sherlock Holmes, yeah. It's, there's, okay. All wow. right. That's, that's one lot, because I recently figured out that there were actually seven movies the, oh, yeah. during Christmas that I needed to see, so now there's only six again. Is it a good time to start preparing people for the year and wrap up podcast? I, Absolutely. Honestly, I think that we should do it a week or two after the end of the year. Oh yeah, I think, yeah, well, yeah, I, think yeah. I think we need to give it a little buffer because I I'm stressing out we about how to see James. that many we need movies. To get people excited. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, no. Our 2011 movie unspectacular review. Hey, no, those episodes hey, are it's really not unspectacular good. yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going what you've called in the last couple of years. That's good. Last oh, year that's sucked. True. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, because you weren't here. What? Yeah, you weren't last year here. you weren't here. It was just me and James last year. Yeah, oh, but I prepared a list. You, you did. did. Yeah. I can't help it. My grandfather died. So. Oh, oh, right. oh shit, yeah, shit. <laughs> Throw that back at us. Yeah. Man. Oh, well, now I, I feel just... like a dick. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, you know what? If you follow us on Twitter, real underscore nerds, we will tweet oh. what movie we're seeing. You can also like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can email us, realnerds at gmail.com. And if you email us this week, I will pay for you to go see The Muppets with Bread, which is a good movie. It is. And, you know, pretty good company. <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> and yeah. which one did I forget? Oh, the I mean, Tumblr he might account. show up smelling like alcohol and chewing tobacco. Oh my but god! But you know that won't be so oh, bad. Let's let's drag that guy through the mud. Go for it. Oh yeah, man! Like after the movie let's started, this it. dude showed up, uh, just p- like sort of mumbled, "Is there somebody in the seat?" And then picked up Shauna's coat and moved it, and then sat down in front of her and smelled like chewing tobacco and he alcohol. Liked. Because yeah. I, I and, heard a and lot of B. people o. like to get housed and in go see Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's Jerry Sandusky's oh. looking for a kid. Aww. Oh, man, that was good. Actually, I read a really funny article in uh, The Onion, and it's it's the headline says, Hey, everybody, if we are being raped, please call the police. And it's like this little podium of these 10-year-old boys. <laughs> because, you know, the whole Penn State thing where they didn't notify the yeah. police when they were being raped. Yeah, it's funny because it This American really Life had a really good episode about that, and you should go listen to that. Um, maybe but first listen to Real Nerds. Yeah, yeah. first listen to our <laughs> podcast, but then Real go listen nerds. to the, This American Life. We talk about superficial things like movies. Yeah. Totally. Um, so yeah, see you next week. Except for Brad, Brad will be in Washington D.C. But it'll be here in our hearts. He will. You'll be in my heart, like you know, Titanic. Uh, Did you see that CGI of that dude falling? You look like one of those monkeys hey, from a barrel full of monkeys. Hey, that <laughs> shot hit the... That shot was one of the most <laughs> impressive and expensive shots ever made at the time. I know. It really is. Like they like oh, they I kind of that. they kind We're of blow their the load Titanic by showing that trailer by the way. Hey, yeah. no. I mean Everybody talks about that. It's not good. And that song comes on and just feels like the 90s all over again. Oh, absolutely. Oh. Senior year. 
that movie's not that good. It's not. But no, I love seeing not. Victor Garber in it. I'm like, hey, Alias, woo! Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Man. Billy Zane's great in that movie. Mm-hmm. The only part I remember, I saw that movie once in 1997, and so if I remember is how awesome Billy Zane is. I remember uh, how and much I watched hated... the Phantom. You remember how much we hated Leonardo DiCaprio after that? And yeah. now look at now it. Now he's amazing. Dude. Anyway. Anyways, bye. Bye. <laughs>